Women Abroad, be inspired by women who find their true selves living abroad. My guest today is Silvia Polvara. Born in Italy, she studied and worked in Germany and the UK. She currently lives in Luxembourg. Each story of the women I interview explores a different facet of what it is like to live away from home. The outside perspective you get is at the heart of an international mindset that you gradually develop throughout your time abroad. As a child of a third culture, Sylvia was also raised outside her native country. Luxembourg City, nestled in the heart of Europe, is a cosmopolitan and multicultural place where she enjoys embracing diversity. She also feels at home here. Her story abroad is right now. Hello, Sylvia. Hello, Francoise. I'm very pleased to host you on my show today. And I thank you for accepting my invitation to share your experience as a woman living and working abroad. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, you were born in Italy and you currently live in Luxembourg. But in between, many things happened in your life, of course. Can you tell us what prompted your first move abroad and what was your experience then? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, you said it correctly. I was born in, in Milan, in Italy. But um, when I was five years old, I actually moved to Germany. And this was uh, due to my father's job as a kind of a typical expat contract. Uh, he had the opportunity to move us as a family to, to Frankfurt. Um, and so that opened up my international uh, experience and hasn't closed ever since. So as you rightly said, I am now in Luxembourg. And And uh, yeah, that basically gave, uh, gave the start to this international uh, life that I now lead. How old were you when you moved to Germany with your parents? I was five and a half when I moved. So it's a completely different experience than when we moved as a teenager, as an adult. How did you experience this, this big change in your life? Yeah, so I I don't remember too much, I have to be honest about it. I do remember that I did have some friends at kindergarten or, you know, the first years of, of school. And my parents had told me that I was a little bit upset about leaving them and not being able to also speak Italian. I was used to speaking Italian. I didn't speak any other language. And um, at one point when my uh, father basically, you know, after the first few months and figuring out how everything was working. He said, you know, I think we're going to stay here for a little while. And I clearly was a bit upset by this. And he said, you know, if you want you, your mom and my brother, who's uh, uh, less than two years younger than me, you can all go back uh, to Italy and I would have to stay here though. And apparently I was, you know, I said, no, that's not a good idea. We shouldn't, you know, split <laughs> the family. <laughs> so um, that was uh, just, again, I don't remember it. I've been told the story, but um, I do think there was a bit of a shock at first, especially with the language um, and being in a completely different country, everything was new, but um, definitely as a child, you adapt very quickly as well. So I think that took maybe a little bit of time to settle in and then it felt like normal. <laughs> If I remember well, you, you said that your parent registered you in an international school. Correct. 
So what was the first foreign language you, you learned? Yeah, so I learned English as the first language. So at uh, the international school I went to, that was what was kind of uh, needed for the kids. Basically, all the school was done in English. And then on top of that, you would add other languages. So when I first arrived, everything was done in English. And I had a dedicated class that was uh, English as a second language. Um, and um, that's where I learned basically everything uh, from scratch. So of course, at the beginning, everything didn't make any sense. But then you slowly started learning the language. And I learned English um, as the first foreign language. It, it ignited a, a fascination with foreign languages. Why? Can, can you explain? Yeah. I think I've always been surrounded by people from different countries. So if I look back at, uh, you know, my best friends from high school, uh, yes, one was is Italian, but another one's Spanish, one is from Israel. So it's very different uh, cultures. And for me, it was very important to also understand um, the culture. And one, one component of that is the language, right? And I was really exposed to that, as I mentioned, first. I learned English, but then the moment I spoke English or understood English well enough, I was added to German because I lived in Germany, so we needed to learn German. And then once I hit uh, middle school, so that was about 11, 12 years old, uh, we had to pick another language, so between Spanish and French. So I feel that languages were always part of who I was or were always around me. I always had this fascination of wanting to learn more languages. Um, I had a very close friend um, at school that is Japanese. And so even just learning some of the basics to say thank you and hello, to me, that was very important. It just showed a little bit of respect towards that individual. So I think um, that's something that wherever I go, I try to make a little bit of effort of at least... The basics, even here in Luxembourg, just some of the basic words are really important for me. You think that you need to be extrovert to get to learn a language more easily or to feel the need to interact with others and to socialize? Do you think it's easier I think it's funny that you say this. So um, when I was, uh, so when I first moved to, to Germany, I actually didn't speak at school. And as you know, Francoise from, from the choir, I am definitely not a shy person. I'm definitely an extrovert. And um, this was something that came, I think, from uh, a little bit of my perfectionist side when it came to learning languages. So actually, I do think that it doesn't have to do with being extroverted or introverted. I think it's more your ability to open up, really, and make those mistakes. For me, that's something that I keep kind of hitting myself on the head to say, I need to practice. For example, now being in Luxembourg, I my French is very basic. I understand a lot. And to improve that, I should just speak it. I'll make mistakes. But if I don't do that, I'm never going to improve my speaking. And so I think that's something that I don't think necessarily involves being extroverted or introverted, but being able to make that step and just don't be ashamed, right? Or shy from making those mistakes and, and tell people, you know, sometimes people feel weird about correcting others if they're saying something, you know, wrong or incorrectly. Um, just say it, you know, it's absolutely fine for you to correct my French if I'm speaking French or whatever it is. And I think that that allows you to then keep improving and um, and then 
obviously meeting other people as well along the way. Um, but again, I don't think it's uh, necessarily extroverted or introverted. Maybe easier time as an extrovert to just jump out and, and do that. Uh, but I know a lot of introverts that are very good with languages and probably much better than myself. Um, so I wouldn't label it necessarily one or the other. When I am listening to you, I, I'm still wondering what's the fear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my perfectionist side that wants to speak perfectly and not make mistakes and come across. I think it's also how you come across, right? And when I speak English or when I speak Italian, um, I feel like myself. Whereas if I speak another language, I can't express myself fully. So it, it might be a little bit of a hindrance, at, at least at the beginning. Um, but of course, you have to take that step <laughs> uh, more or less unconscious fear of being judged yes to some extent Definitely. especially from a perfectionist yes <laughs> for sure um, how do you define an international mindset as you have been but after Germany could you tell us a little more the next steps in your evolution as a student Absolutely. So I was meant to stay in Germany just a few years, typical expat contracts um, that people are used to. However, uh, my my father had an opportunity to stay and um, actually they still live in, in Frankfurt, my parents. And so I actually did my entire school at, at the international school, uh, which really allowed me to get to know a lot of this, this mindset. Um, I was used to having friends that stayed a couple of years and then they moved on um, to other countries. So to me, that was very normal. And uh, I very much enjoyed actually staying in that one place and being kind of the person that opened up their doors and welcomed others um, to, to the school. And um, when I graduated from, from high school, I ended up going to the UK to study um, a management degree that was a double degree. So depending on the language that you took, um, you would then go to a second uh, country. So I did two years in, in Lancaster, which is a small town uh, in the north of the UK. And then oh, I moved different to, culture and background. Yes, absolutely. Very different. Um, it's also a campus uh, university. So it gives you that kind of village vibe. You get to know people very well, very safe as well. Um, and then I moved to Madrid, which was a very different vibe <laughs> to, to the UK. Um, that was, um, you know, city environment. The university was just a building in the city. Um, I got to explore a lot more. I also had to do you know after doing all my schooling in English uh, studying in English was not a challenge but studying in Spanish was more of a challenge so it required also for me to to think a little bit differently as well and and explore Spain so lived in Spain for for those two years of of the university uh, time and then decided to uh, go for a job I was always into hospitality. That was kind of where my uh, my mindset went at, at a young age. That was something that I was really passionate about. And so I got a job in London uh, in a management program um, and so lived, lived in London. So again, UK experience, but very different from, from the small Lancaster. town. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that was really lovely. Um, then ended up 
moving to Munich, uh, which is where I actually started working for for Amazon, which is where I work at the moment, um, and stayed there another two years. So there was a two year <laughs> uh, time frame between all my moves, and then finally moved to Luxembourg uh, five years ago. So this is where I've lived the longest uh, since leaving home. Well, you took up a, a professional challenge. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And so you could better now define what an international mindset is. How would you define yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, it's really how you come into a place and what you're used to and what you probably also not take for granted, but the things that um, kind of come as default. So um, we were talking mm -hmm. the other day about, um, you know, opening a bank account in a different country, in a different language, having to do all the admin things. So to me, that's that's something that comes I don't want to say quite naturally, but it's it's a normal step of the process. Um, the other part about the international mindset is you're always you're never the majority. So you go into a place and you're mm -hmm. going to stand out, whether it's because of your gender, whether it's because of your nationality, of the culture, um, how you've been raised. I remember at university, I met a lot of Italians and I thought, oh, great, I will have uh, Italian friends. They grew up watching TV in Italy that I didn't. So I didn't fit in with, the, you know, their framework. So it was also that ability to say, that's fine. I watch other TV. This is where our common uh, threads between us, where, you know, our friendship could lie on different things. So I think it's having that open mindset to welcoming others and also feeling like you might not always fit in into all the situations, but embracing that rather than seeing that as, um, yeah, as a difficulty or something negative. Feeling sometimes even in your own country as a foreigner. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what you mean by standing out. Yes. Probably. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what are the, the challenges or the pitfalls that a child or, as in your case, a woman from a third culture, which is your case, may face when moving to an unknown country? Yeah, so I think one of the challenges, so you mentioned the third culture, um, and I think that's that's a really interesting concept because you end up, um, if I take a step back, when people ask me where I'm from, I always say, you know, short answer is I'm Italian, but there's more to it. Um, because at the end of the day, I don't fit necessarily in with the Italians. I don't fit in with the Germans, which is where I grew up. And I've created a third culture. So to your point, that third culture is how I identify. There's lots of things that are a bit of a, of a mix between them. Um, and so when you go into another country, obviously, there's another culture coming into place. And it's really looking out for the things that you identify with. So if I look at Luxembourg, for example, there's a lot of things, obviously, it's a country that is a mix of lots of cultures already to begin with. And it is finding the things that to you are very comfortable. So there might be things that I'm familiar with from when I lived in Germany that to me are completely normal. Um, a silly example, there's a lot of admin that happens via post here in Luxembourg. You send things via mail. Um, to me, that happened a lot in Germany. It wasn't something strange. And so that felt normal. Um, there's other things that might seem a bit more maybe connected to the the French culture or the Belgian culture that to me are 
different because I, I haven't been as exposed to those cultures. So I think it's really embracing and finding what are those things that to you can feel quite comfortable and quite normal um, and then embracing also the ones that aren't uh, as much. Yeah, also considering your needs. Actually, when you stay in the same country, it's quite normal. You meet the same people, same environment. But once you're out, you need to consider what are my true needs to feel comfortable in a place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it, taking a, the example of Luxembourg, when did you feel adjusted in Luxembourg? And how long did it take to you to feel to feel comfortable actually in the place? You mean, was there a, a particular event or an encounter that shifted your perception from I'm still feeling as a newcomer to now I'm feeling right here in my place? That's interesting. I don't know if I had necessarily a moment that it clicked uh, in that way. I definitely had some interactions and, and encounters and situations that have made me feel very much um, at home or very comfortable um, living here. Um, and I think one example uh, that, that comes to mind, uh, as you know, we've, we've met through uh, Voices International, so the choir we're both part of. And um, I actually went to see them when I first moved to Luxembourg. I went, was here maybe three or four months and they had a concert. And I decided to, it was advertised internally at, at Amazon. I went to see this concert by myself. And the environment, the ambience that was on was so familiar to me, yet I didn't know a single person in that room. And to me, that feeling was so special. And it was something that... I couldn't quite explain it, right? Um, then on stage, I did recognize a few of the singers that are, were actually people I, I work with. Um, but there was something about just the environment, the conversations people were having um, during the break, during the interval of the of the concert, that to me just felt like this this is the place. This is something I'm comfortable with. Um, and so that was quite early on, actually, that I felt, okay, there's something about um, this country that um, that is interesting. The other part I think that I love is is the international aspect. I do live in, in Luxembourg City, which is a lot more international, I would say, than maybe the rest of the country. Um, but just walking down the street and hearing someone speak Spanish or hearing someone speak German, it's just there's something beautiful about it that I love. I just, uh, I do speak a few languages, so it's always nice to also listen into what people's <laughs> conversations, it's quite fun. But um, yeah, there's just something about it that that makes me feel, um, you know, I, I fit into this place, like everyone's quite different, and I'm different as well uh, in that. Okay, and do you think that's, that's the moment where you, you felt at the right place? Exactly. When, when we move abroad, there is always a risk, a risk that the decision was not the good one, that we do not fit in the place. And sometimes we don't know. We partly know ourselves and we partly know what is said about the country. I mean, we have a, an external perspective of the country. How do you measure the possible risk when taking up a mission abroad? I think there's, to your point, yes, there's always going to be that risk, right? We're never going to, or at least from my experience, the moves I've made, there was always some some risk. 
I think it comes down to the reasons you're moving, um, both from the sense of where you're going to, but also where you're leaving from. Um, if I think of the time, for example, um, when I left London, for me, that was a very logical choice at that point. There's lots of amazing things about London and people think, you know, say, how how are you not living in London? Like you you were there. It's a you know such a vibrant city, such a big city, so much to do. And and for me, it was really at that point in my life, I needed to leave London. It wasn't the city for me. And so it wasn't almost about where I was going. It was the fact that it was time for me to leave. And so I think sometimes it's the mixture of that, needing a new challenge something different, but also just leaving what you have behind you and then moving on to the next thing. The risk then, obviously, that that safety that you have. So whether you're moving for work, if you have that behind you, um, you have some, some network. If you're going to a city that maybe you already know some people, that's always also an advantage and not going necessarily completely kind of new by yourself might help. Um, but I think it's it's weighing those and really, for me, it's come down to what are the reasons for me to actually be leaving or going somewhere and if that's strong enough to take that that leap and, you know, take the risk. And then be open to the opportunities that can, that can come up yeah. from this decision. Exactly. And you mentioned two things. There is safety aspect, especially probably for a woman, Absolutely. but not only. And this feeling of security, what makes you secure? Yeah, so I think for me, for a long time, I also thought about potentially, well, as I explained in, in my um, moves, it's always been within Europe. And so there was a time that I thought, why not go off to the US or go off to Australia? And going back to your question, the security and that safety aspect, I think I am still very close to home. I can take a plane in an hour, couple of hours, I can be home um, to my parents or where my brother is. So I think that ability to know that I am still reasonably close to family, to friends, um, for me, that's actually had a lot more of an impact and a lot more of an importance over the years. I think also um, over COVID, to be perfectly honest, um, it was easy for me to just take a, a bus to Frankfurt. It's only a couple of hours away from Luxembourg. And to me, that that was really important. Uh, it meant a lot. So I think that ability and also to your point before that, that risk, it's also, do you have a plan B? right? If things don't go well, is there a plan B? Exactly. And I think in the back of my head, I've always had some sort of plan B. It's not an ideal plan. It's not probably something I would want to go to, but it is a plan B. And so I think having that as your, as we would say, safety blanket to go back on helps you then take that risk and, and jump forward. Mm -hmm. And you feel reassured. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And what does your feeling rooted mainly depend on? The feeling of being rooted. Rooted, yes. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's it comes down to the people um, more than necessarily the place. I think feeling rooted in a certain 
And again, it can be a physical location. So in this case, Luxembourg, um, but it's having that community, knowing that you can rely on people around you. And it might seem like a silly thing. You have an emergency. Do you have someone, you pick up the phone, who is that person that you call? And it cannot be your mother who is, you know, two hours away that will not be able to help you, right? So mm-hmm. having your network of people, your community, to me, then means I have roots here. I have people I can trust that can help me um, get through it. And to me, that then helps shape everything else around it. Mm -hmm. So if I understand you well, you connect being rooted and feeling at home or feel comfortable in a place. Yeah. Have you ever felt alone? And if so, how did you cope with loneliness? Yeah, definitely. I think a perfect example is obviously over COVID. I think we've all um, experienced that in some some shape or form. For me, uh, in particular, at the beginning of COVID, I was living with um, a flatmate. So again, there was more interaction uh, with with people. Um, And then at the end of 2020, I decided to live on my own. I wanted the space. uh, But that also led to a lot of nights where you didn't have interaction, you couldn't meet with people, right? Or you could only meet outside. Um, For me, what's always helped me is still having those connections, uh, even in the virtual environment. So sometimes forcing yourself to have that Zoom conversation, even though you've had your whole day in front of a laptop, um, but connecting with with your friends abroad, your family abroad. Um, Sometimes it is just picking up the phone. Um, I, I normally have weekly chats with with my parents uh i connect with my brother regularly and sometimes it is just to hear how they're doing it's not necessarily about me talking but just hearing and having the those connections so to me it's that um and then another component is keeping yourself busy as much as you can i think hobbies um and doing other activities uh help with not feeling so lonely so um simple things, you know, if you have, uh, I, I like to do some crafts every so often. So, you know, painting and things like that will keep me busy and distracted. Um, so if I feel that there's moments that, you know, you don't, there are moments that sometimes you feel lonely, but you don't want the human connection. And so it's about also expressing yourself in other ways. And that can be through through art as well, which I, I particularly enjoy. I truly believe that Um, moving to a new country does not come by chance. So probably we can learn something different in different countries. How do you think uh, Luxembourg is shaping you as a person? I definitely agree with that. I don't think it comes as as chance. I think we all work hard um, to get to where we are. We take the opportunities. Um, uh, Not everyone would say that. Um, I think Luxembourg has opened my mind to what values are important to me. I think it's also probably the time of my life as well. Had I come to Luxembourg in my early 20s, I don't think it would have been the same experience as I'm having now. Um, but I think it's really shown to me what what I do value, what I would like my life to look like, say, in five years, in 10 years, um, and seeing those 
examples, I think, around me as well. Um, what is important, I feel there's a lot of family values in Luxembourg. You see um, a lot of families around, also just how things are done. Um, I have a lot of friends here that do have close family. And so meeting, I don't know, for Sunday lunch, uh, which isn't something I'm used to doing with my family because I've lived abroad. And so even just simple things like that um, have have just been shown to me very clearly uh, living here in Luxembourg and having um, the those people or those examples around me. Um, and so I think it's it's opened my eyes to what are the true values and things that are important to me um, in in the long run and in, in the shorter run, you know, in the future, uh, what are things that uh, that I want to have in my life as well. And before you lived many important uh, years in, in, in Germany and how do you think Germany then shaped you? So I think Germany has shaped me and I'm sure when my friends will listen to this, they'll say, ha, we, you, you never say this out loud and now it's going to be permanently on your podcast. <laughs> But um, it has shaped me um, a lot of, I think, my personality and and things that for me, again, taking it kind of normal. This is the culture I grew up in. So to me, it, it was normal. Um, it has it, it has given me a lot of more of the maybe German um, values or cultural things um, that to me are important. So um, silly thing, but I, I value punctuality. I am a person that will make a commitment. It's and, not a silly uh, thing. <laughs> well, well, you know, if, if you come from an Italian mindset, you know, you have the buffer <laughs> of the 15 minutes. And to me, if someone is late, uh, that's late. You know, you're not really valuing my time. So um, I think that uh, that, again, as I said, silly example, but it is something that that's ingrained in me. Um, I also I'm very much a planner. I like to plan things. So, for example, I don't know, going on holiday or um you know, deciding, uh, for example, friends gifts. I, I like to kind of think about it. And so I'll start a group chat and decide things. And a lot of times people are like, wow, you're so organized with all these things. And to me, it just comes very naturally. And um, I don't think necessarily, well, a component is definitely from a parent's side. They're both very organized individuals, but I think also just the environment I was in um, required that. And so I think it doesn't, again, it's not necessarily automatically that's a German thing, but I, I was shown um, a lot of that in, in people I interacted with in Germany. So to me, that was something that I kind of associate with, with the German culture. So probably the, there is also a personality trait Absolutely. coming from your family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that helped you to adjust properly and quite smoothly in, in Germany. But, but also, how do you react now when you have an Italian friend coming late What's your threshold of tolerance? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I think over the years um, since leaving Germany, I have had to adapt a lot. And I think if you had asked me this question maybe 10 years ago, my threshold would have been a lot lower than it is now. Um, and I think it's because now I've been exposed to it a lot more. Before it was default, it was also the reality we lived in. I mean, I'm not incredibly old, but, you know, there were times before iPhones and, you know, you had to make a commitment to meet with a friend at a specific place and there's no way you could communicate. You had decided that that's where you were going to meet 
and that's when you're meeting. So of course, if someone arrives late, you're going to have to wait and see if someone shows up. Now, if someone's late, you can just text and say, hey, I'm running late. You know, see you in five minutes, see you in 10 minutes. So I think it's also been something that I've adapted to quite easily. Um, I there'll be times I'm late. Uh, you'll probably ask my friends, it does happen. So it's not that it's uh, completely bad, but I do think it's also that flexibility and, um, and again, mindset, like you need to be exposed to people that will be used to when we say a time it's 15 minutes, you know, plus or minus. Um, whereas for me, a time is a time that is when we should meet. Right. And so everyone will have a different perception of it and you just need to adapt and get used to it. So I think um, evolving. <laughs> so you're probably your spectrum of understanding is much broader. Absolutely. Yes. What is one of your biggest takeaway from Luxembourg so far or one of your great achievements you're really proud of? Oh, one of my greatest achievements in Luxembourg. Well, I've lived here the longest. I think that's been a great achievement. <laughs> uh, I haven't moved. Um, no, jokes aside, I think uh, I've really developed also from a career perspective. I've had a lot of different roles uh, here in Luxembourg. Um, and it's really been the exposure to different people here. So I, I work, as I mentioned, at Amazon, and we have our headquarters here um, in Luxembourg. And I have a lot more exposure to people than I did when I was in Munich. Um, and so I think that ability to connect with others. Um, and then the other thing I would say is also the opportunities that have come around. So um, again, I've mentioned the choir a few times, but um, the choir has been a place that I've met people that I would have never met before, um, whether it is in terms terms of age, culture, background, um, career. Uh, and so it's really opened up the opportunity to, to connect with these individuals and learn more about them and um, get to know a lot more, I would say, also about Luxembourg. I think that's, that's where I've been most connected with kind of locals. Um, so I would say it's been, it's been about, yeah, some of the career changes, but also um, embracing kind of the yeah, the diversity that there is here, I think, um, has been, I can't really say it's been a challenge because I, I've been used to it. Uh, but it's definitely the first place that it was really clear in my face. Like this is, there's so many people here, how to embrace that, how to um, collaborate and, and yeah, make friends. And I always laugh, like the amount of times I'm out with friends or one of my, um, couple of years ago, my birthday party, we had exact every single person that was in the room was from a different nationality. And that has never happened to me before. And I've always been in very international environments. And to me, that was just something just astonishing. And so we always laugh when people come up to us and say, where are you from? And you say, well, who are you? Who are you asking? Because <laughs> we have a few different nationalities represented. So, um, yeah, I think that diversity has been something that uh, I I have really, really enjoyed since coming to Luxembourg, and something I continue enjoying. And probably Voices International is a good example of inclusion too. Absolutely, and equity. Uh, would you like to take uh, to say just a few words about the role you accepted to take? On in in the choir, I've been 
part of Voices International since uh, September of 2018. Um, so about six months after I, I moved to Luxembourg. Um, so was part of the choir, a very happy, happy member. And uh, last year we had our 25th anniversary. And so I was part of a uh, committee that basically organized a few different events and things, um, which which was really fun. Um, it was a lot of work, <laughs> definitely. Um, but it, um, it really reminded me, again, probably that organizational side of me kicked in. Um, and, and I really enjoyed um, all of that. And due to that, um, the committee of the choir asked me to uh, to join them, and this was something that I uh, I was particularly honored to be asked. To be perfectly honest, I think um, in the past there's been people that have been there a lot longer and have a lot of history with the choir, uh, which of course you know I've been there a few years, but they were also you know COVID years. We did lots of very different things than the normal, and. Um, and I find that to be a really, um, really special experience. I think um, it brings me outside of my comfort zone, I have to say, because I'm used to very you are corporate. Used to connecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's very different when it comes to socially and when you actually have you know, goals and things you want to do. So with the choir, obviously, we want to, uh, you know, have members, we want to have music for our members, we want to make sure we're singing at concerts, like, there's lots of different things we need to be able to achieve. And I found that I was used to a very corporate environment with with Amazon, we're very used to moving at crazy speed, we do a lot of things. And here people work very differently and that's okay but it's also letting myself open up to the situation and say that's normal it's not that I need to expect this from others so I think it's opened up to the the challenges that there can be but also the the beautiful discussions to be perfectly honest people open up they'll share their point of view and it's really nice to hear that um and sometimes where you are in an environment that is more corporate people will have similar opinions and just go along with it whereas here people are very passionate about the choir it's uh, you know it's uh, something that we're all doing in our free time so i think it's um so the commitment is completely different Exactly. I think you said it um, very well. It's uh, it's definitely comes from from the right place, right? <laughs> Everyone's doing it uh, with uh, you know with very open arms um, and just thinking of of the good of the choir and also the you know the great things that we do with this group. Thank you for sharing. And uh, that's that's a nice way to promote the choir. The same yes, way. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, are you contemplating to live in another country? Do you have any dream country you'd like to live in? I have my plan B, Francois. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there's always a plan B. No, so as I mentioned earlier, I've always had a passion for hospitality. And um, I think at some point in my life, I will want to open up um, and we call it in Italian agriturismo, which is basically a bit like a B&B concept. Um, and I would like to open that in Tuscany. So eventually, I think I want to go back to Italy <laughs> um, and actually live there as an adult. Um, but with, with this kind of business plan in mind. Um, and the reason for this has been, as I mentioned, the passion for hospitality, but also the amount of people I've met along the way that I share this project with and we start brainstorming and 
they all find a place within this project. So I have a friend that's a yoga teacher and she's like, I can come and do yoga retreats. I have a friend that uh, makes cakes or had a cake business. And so she said, oh, I can do cakes or I can make workshops. Uh, we can go wine tasting. We can explore the countryside, um, you know, enjoy the beautiful cities um, that uh, Tuscany has to offer in terms of culture. So this plan has become, you know, an entire village <laughs> has joined into this plan. Um, so I think one day I will want to do that. And it's more about um, this this whole business plan more than just Tuscany. I think Tuscany is a beautiful place, um, but it's just kind of aligning back to maybe the Italian side of me wanting to, to actually live in Italy as an adult as well, uh, enjoy that time and, you know, the food, the, the weather, <laughs> all of that. I can't say, uh, you know, it's exactly the same in Luxembourg. <laughs> there's a few things missing, but um, so, yeah, I think uh, there's that. There's a few cities and countries that I'd love to visit. I don't think necessarily to live in. Um, so I think I'll leave it to to Tuscany and the Agriturismo plan. And a very beautiful place to fall in love with. Exactly. <laughs> Your Italian roots are calling you back. Exactly. One day, one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> we, we're slowly coming to the end of, of our interview. Time is flying by. If you were to put yourself in the shoes of a newcomer to Luxembourg, someone who has never lived abroad and who comes from a very distant cultural background, what could help them to find their way in Luxembourg? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's deciding you know, how, how you want to approach it. So I know a lot of people go with, obviously, meeting new people and uh, going that way. I think that's that's always an easier said than done. Let's put it that way. Um, I think it helps if you have, for example, hobbies or activities that you enjoy. For example, there's um, here in Luxembourg, there's a lot of great hiking trails and there's hiking groups and you can just join a hiking group and meet people and have a chat and do something you enjoy. Um, same with sports, same with you know, the choir, arts, um, whatever it is. And I think that's a natural way to find people that uh, will have similar interests as you do. And the culture doesn't play a role, right? At the end of the day, you can enjoy a hike regardless of where you're from. Um, so I think that's that's quite a natural way to do that. I would also say a lot of companies now, especially that, that COVID's behind us are embracing a lot more being in the office environment, getting to know each other, doing after work drinks or dinners. And a lot of the time it takes, especially I imagine for, for an introvert, but also for an extrovert, it does take a lot of energy to say after a long day to, you know, agree to do that. But push yourself, especially at the beginning, those uncomfortable situations, because you do end up getting to know with people that might be in similar situation as you, even though they've been here maybe a, a bit longer, or you get to find something in common with them, even with work colleagues um, that you might not experience. And with Luxembourg, I also find um, if you are an Instagram user, there's a lot of pages as well of what's going on in Luxembourg. It's a very small country. So you can easily 
look at the activities that are happening and just go and explore and find out. Um, the other, well, yesterday there was a flea market. You can go and meet people and have a chat. Um, there's, uh, you know, markets going around. There's uh, interest groups. There's uh, fairs about anything. And so just and it's being growing to, and growing. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas with bigger cities, there's almost so much going on that you have no idea what's happening. Yes, you right? may feel more lost. Exactly. Whereas here, it's a lot easier to know what's happening. You know, okay, this weekend, there's these five activities. What is something that you might be interested in and going for it? Um, so those would be just some quick tips, I think, for people um, to, to get to know, to just, you know, break out of your shell a little bit. It will be a bit uncomfortable at the beginning, but it's completely worth it. Um, and you do get to meet a lot of amazing people, for sure. Thank you very much, Silvia, for this very spontaneous, very interesting conversation we have just had together. Yes, I thank re- you, Francois. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Same here. It was lovely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for following us in this episode. Because an international experience can awaken incentives and reveal new aspects in women's identities, Women Abroad is the podcast that appeals to young women everywhere. Did you like this episode? Like it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can also rate us and review us. Would you like to share your experience abroad? Whether you are a student, an early career woman or a more experienced professional, contact me on my page women underscore abroad underscore on Instagram and women abroad on Facebook. You can also listen to the episodes on my website women-abroad-coaching.com. I wish you a great day and a bright life. Talk to you soon.